him like that. I said, you just got to get rid of the cow. She went, do you not rid of the cow? <laughs> We're constantly getting um, the face for each other. Soon no one's going to remember the name of Wix, so better do it now. Okay, we saw this film on the weekend in Australia, but it was actually really brilliant. And this is wrong, it is indeed. I couldn't not write, I couldn't not tell stories. I felt adequately prepared and it was quite terrifying. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode five of the Cinema Australia podcast. My name's Matthew Eels. Uh, in this special edition of the Cinema Australia podcast, we'll be discussing one of this year's most anticipated Australian films, Red Billabong with our guests uh, Dan Ewing, Tim Pocock and Luke Spark. Uh, Most people will recognise Dan Ewing as uh, Heath Braxton from Home and Away and as Dylan, the Black Power Ranger from uh, the RPM Power Ranger series. Tim Pocock has a mass following from his time with the hit TV series Dance Academy uh, and he also starred as Scott Summers, aka Cyclops, in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Uh, joining his two leading stars is director Luke Spark. Uh, Luke is no stranger to the movie business as him and his father run Spark Films, Australia's largest military costume design studio. Uh, their credits include The Pacific, The Railway Man, The Sapphires and Australia. Uh, Red Billabong is a new Australian horror slash thriller which along with Ewing and Pocock stars Sophie Don, Jessica Green, Ben Chisholm, Greg Fryer, John Reynolds, Felix Williamson, Emily Joy, James Strayton and Cole Elliott. I was lucky enough to see some early uh, scenes from the film and I have to say I'm very excited and the film's release couldn't come quick enough for me. Uh, There have been some incredible feature film debuts over the last two years in Australia and uh, Luke's looks like it'll be right up there with the best. I also thought the dynamics between the main, uh, the two main characters played by Dan and Tim were intense and very well acted. Uh, but it's the monster we're all excited to see. And from the early footage, uh, it looks like it'll be unlike anything we've ever seen in an Australian film. There's still quite a bit to discover about the film's plot uh, and its monster. But what we do know is that it's set in the Australian outback where two brothers discover old secrets and family ties. As their friends start to go missing, they fear they are being stalked by someone or something from their worst nightmares. But is it just a story, a a legend, a hoax, or is it real? Uh, Red Billabong is eyeing a mid-year release uh, this year, so uh, that's when um, punters keen to check it out will be able to catch it. Uh, Anyway, enjoy. All right, so uh, just so our listeners know who we're speaking to, I'll uh, I'll get you all to say g'day so they can recognise your voice. So we've got uh, Luke Spark, uh, the director. Hello, everyone. And uh, we've got Dan Ewing, one of the leads. G'day, guys. How are you? And uh, we've got Tim Pocock, another one of the leads. Hi, how's it going? And uh, Tim's, <laughs> Tim's calling from uh, LA, so there's a slight delay on 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 his uh, on his answers, but not too much, thankfully. Uh, so, yeah, the trailer's finally been unleashed. What kind of reactions have you guys had so far? Um, I think everyone, just for me, everyone's just quite excited. There seems to be a, 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 re- a really good uh, a fan base and a, a support network that are there and sort of waiting in anticipation. 
I mean, obviously we're doing this thing right and getting the effects right, so we're taking our time. But uh, it's nice to have a, a, a sort of a rough uh, winter Australia sort of release date finally that we can talk about. And obviously the new trailer has hit, so it's kind of generated a bit more excitement again. Fantastic. Tim? Yeah, I, so far, I mean, the, the reactions that I've been getting, you know, it's going to sound bad, but people are very pleasantly surprised. Uh, just been having sort of random people reach out to me being like, hey, dude, like this looks really good. And um, I think that's just because uh, uh, Australian films, you know, suffer a little bit of um, a stigma attached to them because they, they generally um, uh, just the general public don't seem to appreciate what they have had to offer in the past. And so people just kind of bad mouth before they even give them a chance. And uh, I think people are having a look at this and, um, you know, being a little bit taken aback by just how different it is from stuff that, you know, has been coming out of Australian cinema of late. And, um, yeah, so, so far it's been like a really positive reaction and I've, uh, had a few people that managed to tune in, uh, this morning and, and catch it on, on television. And, um, yeah, they were, uh, everyone was like, yeah, dude, like, you know, it looks legit. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, back, back here at the production office, let me tell you, there is an electricity in the air, people. Everyone is very, very, everyone is very excited. The calls we've been getting and uh, the people have been reaching out to us on Twitter and Facebook and uh, private messaging us all over the place and different offers coming in from people trying to, you know, come up with sponsors and everything else. So we've obviously, wow. hit, the right, obviously hit the right marks. Um, for it, not too bad considering that uh, I cut the trailer myself, so I'm pretty <laughs> obviously personally impressed that it went that far. Uh, well, that, that explains it, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was on sunrise, so you can't you can't get much better than that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. well, I, I think Luke Luke is actually vying for Koshi's job. So that's why it was on sunrise. <laughs> <laughs> Might have a few years to go yet. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the release in, in July so I can be sitting there at the office and be like, Koshi, get out of your chair. <laughs> <laughs> You're done. I'm in. Uh, so can you tell us about the film's plot? Because there's been a lot of uh, mystery surrounding it so far and we've only been given a, a few details. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a family story. It's cool. Luke, you take this question from... That was an in-joke. I'm sorry, people. No, no um, it was on the tip of my tongue. It's, a, it's an in-joke of uh, a behind-the-scenes special where Dan says, it's a story about family, Ed Paul, and we had it playing at Comic-Con and Supernova on repeat, so we heard it every 20 seconds. Um, so, yes, it is a story about family at its core. Um, I was right. I was and, right. <laughs> And, uh, and that, obviously, is the two brothers. But we have, you know, we've kept it secret for a reason, the plot. I mean, uh, I, I'm much more inclined to, you know, you know, my idols are J.J. Abrams and uh, Steven Spielberg and people like that. So, you know, they can get away with making trailers and uh, not really tell you anything about it and just go see the movie. And that's what I was, you know, planning on doing with this film. But eventually, you know, as Tim pointed out, that the, ex the expectation for this movie with a first-time director is that it's probably going to be all smoke and mirrors and there's nothing really involved, which mm. there isn't in this movie. So we had three or four different trailers that we were playing with and we ended up going with the one that was kind of balls-to-the-wall action and not really much on plot apart from that there is something out in the bush and everyone's going to do it but i'm happy to say there is a lot more going on in the film than just that so there okay. is the story about the family about the two brothers who are estranged dan comes back to meet tim at the farm and then a whole bunch of crazy people a whole bunch of crazy storylines happen uh, probably about three different um intersecting storylines that play out throughout the film um 
and I'm trying to keep them a little under wraps because just so have people have something interesting when they're watching the film. But mm-hmm. needless to say that there's you know um, a lot of interesting things going on. Dan, Tim. Well, that's yeah. exactly I, perfect. Perfect answer, mate. I think um, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I I like I like letting the the audience sort of get wrapped up in the character. So I don't. Um, I, I, the, the trailer for me, and this is modern day film, has already given away more than I, I, I would like to. Like, I would have just do a trailer should just be two minutes of the sign red billabong, and that's it. <laughs> um, but, but you know, yeah, I, I think that there's so there's just just so much that, that we've kind of woven in, and that well, the, it's a really such an exquisite cast that everyone's really built in all these cool little quirky moments. So um, yeah, well, just just more to what Luke said. It's like the it's 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 more than what you see in the trailer. Great. For sure. Uh, Dan and Tim, can you tell us about the characters uh, that you two play? Go, Timmy. Go. <laughs> uh, I basically play the grubby version of my own self. Um, <laughs> uh, the the dislike and animosity between myself and my older brother, played by Dan Ewing, um, that was all just real on set, what was actually <laughs> happening, because we can't stand each other. Um, and, uh, <laughs> no, Tr- Tristan, who is my character, he's, he's just a little bit of an upstart, and uh, he's uh, had a bit of a uh, troubled past with his older brother, and um, so it's kind of somewhat fitting, but also uh, uh, interesting time in their lives that uh, all, of, all of the events that take place in this film happen sort of at the height of their the animosity between the two of them and um it's going to sort of test their relationship um uh, see what they're really made of and um you know i guess redefine brotherly love um yeah i mean that's that's that was tristan in a nutshell for me and then obviously everything else that happens around that was just added fun mm. uh for me uh nick nick was great nick it's the first time i've actually played someone who's right bang on my my own age and uh pretty similar to me in the fact that uh he's at a he's the the oldest brother i've always sort of played sort of um you know sort of like the the middle child the, the problem child or, or that sort of thing so it was really it was, it was a really nice sort of angle um and so yeah he come he, he comes back uh uh into town with his uh to meet up with his estranged brother to settle their grandfather's estate so to say, uh, him being the older, slightly, maybe sort of wiser brother, he wants to do the right thing. Uh, Tristan probably wants to take the cash and um, buy a yacht and do all the things that come with that. Uh, go to Mykonos, whatever. Um, but, and there, therein lies the conflict. And obviously, we have to start dealing with other characters coming in uh, and a whole bunch of other plots. And obviously, the thing with the big red eyes. So it's uh, it's it's one hundred percent. Amazing, right? Yeah, and, and I guess that's, you know, and to, you know, we've only got you guys on, you, you two actors on Skype today, but that's where Greg Fry's character comes in, and I think it's great that we've got an, a great Aboriginal actor who plays a great Aboriginal character. Mm. I know he's only, he's only briefly in the trailer, but that's because a lot of his stuff is very spoilerish of what mm. he does, um, and I think Dan Tim will agree that Greg plays it really well, and it's great to have that wise presence in the yeah. Film. His voice is just incredible. Like he speaks, like he's like. I think we kept saying he was like an Aboriginal Gandalf. He's so so wise. He's just, but he really is. It's like a, it's a really actually a really crude way to put it. But he's like everyone just kind of shuts up and listens when Greg speaks because he's just got this amazing resonance yeah. that he speaks with, and he's just such a he's like a cool old rock star. You know what I mean? It's just uh, <laughs> he's just he's just such such a good dude, and um, I really can't wait to see him at the premiere. Share a few more stories with him. Uh, Dan, what's the experience been like uh, for you going from a clean-cut uh, uh, TV series at home and away to a horror uh, thriller like uh, Red Billabong? Uh, 
as Luke will attest to, I swore a lot. Um, <laughs> because it was kind of like the, the leash was off. There was no, there was no sort of uh, time slot. Um, the film will be MA15+. Plus. Right. <laughs> because, <laughs> because, yay. <laughs> because I, I, I think I swore so much that uh, uh, we just... We, we couldn't cut it out of scenes. We wouldn't have had a film if we cut it out. So, sorry, Luke. Uh, <laughs> sorry about the 15-year-olds and all that in. But uh, it, was, it was such a great experience. So And, and it, we shot it quite fast just because because Australian film and the, the time and money and restraints you have. But it was, it was really great. It was like the, the best way to put it is like it's like, you know, you, you just get to use all the best toys. Like the, the crew were just absolutely second to none. Um, the, the cameras we used, we used the, the Alexas, right, Luke? Yes. So, yes. Yep. yep. The, and and like, they, these are cameras they shoot. They they, they shot the, the latest uh, the latest James Bond filmed on. Is that also correct, Luke? Yeah. Could be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's a, so it's just a whole sort of different level. And then we, when you go and watch stuff after a take behind the monitors, and you just see the the look that our, our DOP Andy Condor could create, and it's just it's just a whole new level. Um, and it's certainly a level that I want to see more Australian filmmakers getting into because. It's going to look every bit as good as what they can do in the US with a two hundred million dollar budget. So Great. I couldn't be prouder of the of Luke and what the production uh, team and the crew put together. Great answer. Uh, did you find comfort in knowing that this was uh, that this wasn't only your first feature, but uh, Luke's as well? I mean, yeah, yes. I, I think it was. It was really cool. Like to be honest, it was, it was more more the fact that Luke was so collaborative from the get go. We had a really long Skype conversation, and we talk tomorrow about sort of films that we've kind of grown up with so i mean obviously every director has their language that they they talk to actors with luke would just run in and tell me about a a moment from a star wars film or predator or something like that because we're of similar age we grew up we know what worked in these sort of classic films and, and how these modern day big studio american films have almost ruined suspense because they overdo the effects they show stuff too early they you know they 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 concentrate on the big budget lasers and all that sort of stuff rather than character work. Yeah. So we were right on the same page. So um, it was very refreshing to have a, a director that was so open and so collaborative for sure. Great. And uh, Tim, what about you? You've done uh, horror before, right? Yeah, yeah. I did a did a film called Lemon Tree Passage in two thousand and twelve. Mm. Um, I actually really I really like you know horrors, thrillers, action, suspense. I like all that stuff. Um, I think that it, that it's the that sort of genre that can probably deliver the most to its audience, um, and it's probably one of the most stylized genres that you can have. Um, so that's always a really exciting thing to me. And. Um, you know, it doesn't get much more heightened, you know, as an actor. At the end of the day, what we're doing is pretend we're basically just kids in a playground um, in preschool. You know, and when you look at kids in a place, in playground in preschool, they're sort of running around saving the world, you know, in these really dire, dire circumstances. And that's really what acting is. So <laughs> you kind of get the biggest buzz when you're, you know, doing this kind of stuff. You also feel like the biggest fool as well because you'll be <laughs> filming a scene at the climax of the movie with you know just an empty space in front of you and you're reacting to nothing but then you have a a bunch of crew standing in front of you staring at you strangely wondering why you're crying and yelling into into thin air um they're waiting for you to get it right they're waiting for you to like okay can you please cry in front of the tennis ball and a stick so we can have our lunch please So what was the experience like working uh, with CGI characters? I mean, you hear a lot of stories, uh, you know, from Hollywood actors about how difficult it can be or how challenging it can be. Um, I, 
Uh, to be honest, I, I've done a bit with uh, with the Power Rangers stuff, looking at a tennis ball and CGI and uh, kicking rubber monsters in the head that are really these lovely Japanese stuntmen. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think it's, if you do your work correctly and you do your job right, well, you should just be in that place emotionally. So it doesn't matter what you stare at, you know, if it's a, if it's a blank wall or another actor uh, or a tennis ball, you should be in the moment and doing your job. In saying that, you know, there's a lot of factors when you're moving fast and things are changing and... Uh, and all that sort of stuff. But I think, and Tim will attest this, the, the auditioning world is so cruel and so against creativity, it kind of sets you up for being prepared for anything. So mm. quite often, especially in the US, you will, like unless you're like a, a massively famous US actor, they don't even look at you half the time. They're just kind of reading the page and it's like you get one crack at it, get out. So wow. I think going through those sorts of things as an actor is so vital to be able to, to, to being able to produce on set when the chips are down. Mm. Uh, Tim, Tim, please tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> well, you are about most things, Dan, but I agree with you on this. So, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> uh, Luke, you, uh, you've nabbed uh, two pretty uh, talented actors here. Tell us about the casting process. Uh, yeah, okay, great. Uh, the casting process was basically, you know, like being at my first film and being the budget that we had, which is not small in Australian films, but, you know, small was what we had at the time for this sort of film. I mean, this, this script, when people read it, it should have been like a 8 to $10 million film. And luckily, people who watched the cut of it already, uh, you know, distributors and that thought it was that price when they watched it. So I was like, well, that's good. Um, but, uh, you know, I sort of ca- I cast everyone myself. I didn't actually have a casting director. So it was more about uh, me sitting down. And because, as Dan said, I'm such a film buff, you know, I'm always watching films like this is my whole world. Uh, it's, you know, just trolling through with my producers and thinking about who would be the best actor and who would be the best, you know, there's presence for it. So um, Dan was kind of like basically the first choice to play um, him and luckily we went to him and Dan was, you know, receptive. And Tim, I had another, unfortunately, I, you know, Tim already knows this, I had another actor that we offered out to um, and then he declined and then Tim was the next one because I'd worked on X-Men Wolverine not with Tim, but I've been on part of the crew, so he was sort of always in the back of my head as a good Australian actor. Yeah. Um, so we went to him, and luckily Tim said yes. Uh, and uh, <laughs> um, and, and I, I'm so thankful for it. I know there's always stories about, you know, films falling into place, and yeah. it really kind of did, because, uh, you know, without Tim taking this character in a totally different direction than what I would have thought on the page, uh, really saved that character and really saved that part of the film because it really could have come across as like a whiny uh, a whiny younger brother like a whiny bitch um, <laughs> now he's a grub now he's a, now he's a, now he's a hilarious and, 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 and now he's just this hilarious sarcastic grub that kind of like <laughs> when, when everyone's watching the show are like laughing at all these little mannerisms and that that he's putting into it that I was just like I couldn't in a million years couldn't imagine that that's what would have happened with that character. So I'm really thankful for both Tim and, and Dan. Um, obviously, Dan has all his fans, which is good for publicity. Yeah. Um, and it's and, and and it's for a reason because he is like he you know Dan. I've said that before. Like Dan, both Dan and Tim, you know they they deserve to be action stars. They deserve to mm. be up there. They deserve to be the next big thing in Australian film because they both got it. Yeah, they right. both got it, and I can't wait. Half the reason why I want to get the film out there is just to show the world these two, plus my other actors that <laughs> no one knows about. But uh, just so people can go, wow, you know, they got it. And there's Dan and Tim fighting this big crazy thing with the red eyes. It's, it's mental. So was the thanks, ori- thanks Luke. <laughs> 
was the uh, original actor for Tim Hugh Jackman. It was Zac Efron. <laughs> Zac Efron. And who do you think you are, Zac Efron? You're a loser, mate. What are you going to do? What, what a bastard. If I can quickly go back to the CGI part quickly, mm. uh, we did have a, a fair few practical effects on set, mm. and there's some practical effects in the trailer, um, but when it's released, there'll probably be a, a bit of CGI um, manipulation to them just to make them look a bit a bit better because in, in this day and age like there was a great quote from quentin tarantino that's always in the back of my mind about if you yeah you know, if, if, if i wanted cgi i'd stick my dick into a nintendo um <laughs> yes. and, uh, yes. and, 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 and that's and that's true in a sense especially you know we went through the whole phase of the film industry with like you know 2000s and 999 with the phantom menace and i'm a huge star wars fan but even i can say that mm. but mm. uh i think even the Phantom Menace. Here's a fun fact: even the Phantom Menace had more model, model practical work than the original trilogy of Star Wars. As people don't really realize it because it's just completely overblown with people like Jar Jar and all that kind of stuff. Wow. But uh, um, like the Force Awakens has more visual effects than the Phantom Menace, but it's just done in the right way. And I yeah. think that's the biggest yeah. thing. If you use if you use visual effects and CGI as a tool, a tool to tell your story, not a tool just to shove in people's faces, mm. then it really has. Then it works. I think it's if it's the other way around, it, it completely just overrides the film. And that's what I really wanted to use. Like I did everything we could practically. Like we built a whole cave set, and there was talk at the start. They were like, "Oh, we'll just." You know, do what we do in Hollywood, just do a three-quarter cave set and the rest needs to be a green screen shoot-off. And I was like, no, no, let's do a full 360-degree shot so we can show people, like, we're in a cave and it's not just some CGI cave and everything we can, let's try to make it practical until we can't because there's no way in hell I could have had a practical creature. Like, we do, you know, he's, like, you know, as tall as a house and, you know, as brown as a car. Like, no way I could have had that practically done even if it was in the 80s, it would have been a stop-motion animation yeah. creature. Mm. So I think the CGI was used was used correctly and um, and everything else was just this really cool, you know, um, actual practical stuff. Good on you. Big, as, as an audience member, uh, I'll thank you for that in advance. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, tell us about the rest of the cast. You mentioned them no, before. The rest of the cast? Yeah, tell us about uh, working with the rest of the cast. Especially uh, um, Fe- uh, Felix Williamson. I mean, he's a he's a pretty big deal. He's got a fantastic screen presence. Yeah, well, Felix was always my first choice to play that character. So luckily, again, uh, I was blessed to have him say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I actually kind of wrote it with like his speech patterns in mind. But then he came back to me and he said, "How about we make him an American?" And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, oh, I didn't think of that, but yeah, sure, you know, wow me, and we'll see what happens." And he came on set, and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, let's just do it." Why not? So add, add a flavor to it, and uh, so he was—he's always great to work with. He's kind of like one of those really, you know, method actors that you hear about, where you sort of come up to him and you go, "Hey, Felix, what about this?" And he's like mumbling away something, and you're like, "You're right there, Felix." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good, I'm good." <laughs> like, great, great. And then you do—you're like kind of like, "Okay, I hope this works." And then you action, and then suddenly it's like this just awesome stuff comes out of his mouth, and you're like, "Wow, okay, that was." wasn't expecting that, but that's awesome. So, Dan and um, Tim, uh, what's that like for you guys? Um, for me, dude, honestly, yeah, working with a guy like Felix, um, who's got a resume as long as your arm, is just is unreal. And, and, and to be honest, I got a real big kick out of... Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's an actor who has a, a stunt background. His name's John Reynolds. Uh, he's... Um, so, what are we allowed to say, Luke, before I go any further about his? He plays our... Stepdad? Yep. Is that the... Yeah, you can say that. Yeah, so, yeah, so he plays our stepdad. Um, 
and I got to work with him extremely closely, and it was really cool and really just really lovely because he had a lot of opportunities. He's done all he's like his stunt reel is amazing. Like he said, um, he was just ready for that sort of um, opportunity to really show what sort of like amazing character actor he could be, and he's just an absolute legend. Um, and his physical presence is obviously just huge. Like he's about to he's six two, but he's built like a silverback gorilla, but just so much um, balance and poise, and just a really lovely man. So for me, I got a big kick out of him being, it was almost like he was the new guy at school, you know, and he was just asking Tim and I a bunch of questions all the time and really getting in. And that was just, it was really lovely to see a guy who's sort of, uh, I don't want to give his age away, he might get angry at me and hurt me, um, <laughs> mid-40s, sort of just starting, like almost starting this whole new journey of his career, because I have no doubt from this, he'll, only, he'll go from strength to strength as an actor, not necessarily as a as a stunt guy, yeah, stunt actors, I'm not sure, whatever. But it was just, it was really lovely to see that sort of stuff. And uh, what about yeah, some of the female cast members? Well, you got you got Sophie, the Sophie Don, and she you see him in she you see her in the trailer with uh, with Dan, mm. um, and she was you know she's a new talent that uh, I worked with on my documentary series Yesterday's History that mm. I brought over for this, and now she's gone on to do some she's got some good things in the pipeline. So I'm pleased to you know to have helped. Her get out there, but she, Tim Dan, she was good to work with. Yeah, I, I, I think it was great. Um, it was, uh, it, it was, she was, she was really lovely. She's one of those sorts of just very, 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 um, very pleasant, very like, very hardworking. Was never sort of a like a, a pain in the butt. And like a lot of time when, when people come out of of drama courses, this is the old cliche is it's like they kind of it's all very over the top, and they're off in the corner doing their sort of exercises and it's all very and you have to sort of constantly try to pull them back and try to make it real and remind them that their their head is going to be on a sort of 30 30 foot screen sort of thing mm-hmm. but it was really it was just re- really really lovely it was just like so, so nice to have someone just so enthusiastic and so and just remind you um what it was like when when sort of you came first came out, out of drama school or something i'm speaking like i'm an old man but it was a while ago <laughs> and, <laughs> and then and, and tim and you see tim in the trailer with uh the lovely jessica green yeah tim, tim can you tell us lovely. about working with uh, jessica yeah i mean she was lovely it's a pretty nice day to have to rock up on set and play boyfriend to a girl as as uh funny and witty and charming and obviously drop dead gorgeous as she is um you know we we got to have some fun sort of playing around with our characters dynamics and um when we saw each other and uh, uh again it was a, i took a bit of life essence as luke kind of referred to earlier you know I, I took what was on the page and i tried to kind of broaden it a little bit and um i've seen a version of the final cut of the film and um i feel like the relationship between tristan and uh rebecca um has a lot more weight to it than i had initially thought and i think that's because you know we had we did spend a bit of time talking that's about you know the characters yeah, exactly, exactly. While she was scoffing down some pizza. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, and, and I think all of the girls, we also have um, Emily Joy, uh, who plays Kate, um, and uh, her her love interest is James Strayton. Um, they sort of, they're, they're more like the, the kooky two that sort of come through, and while the rest of us are being all serious, they're sort of a little bit of the comic relief, um, along with Ben Chisholm, who, who plays that guy you love to hate. Mm. Um, 
and uh, yeah, and, and obviously Sophie as well, sort of rounding up the cast. You know, she has a really great grounded presence. She has a, a really good voice. She has a, a just a really good depth to her presence on camera and the character that she brings there. So every single individual person that was involved brought something very unique in terms of energy and their characterization, which makes it for for a much more interesting watch because you know you're not just getting the same thing on your screen you've got a whole bunch of different people that you can relate to on different levels which means that when scary things start to happen you actually care about these people and you don't want whatever might happen to them to happen, to happen yeah uh, so i've got a few more questions uh, the film's in post at the moment uh, how's it all coming along and uh, and faced any challenges yet or is it all running smoothly uh the biggest challenge is the vfx Right. Uh, so I, I get every week I get emails from actors Dan, Tim, whoever. Can you show us more of the stuff? Show us what's happening. Show us the next thing. How's 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 he looking? How's the red eyes going? And I'm like, how's my makeup? I don't, I, I don't have anything yet. I'm still waiting myself. So our visual effects guys are going to be working right up until the release of it. So it's sort of my time is almost at an end where I can sort of step back and move on to my next project um, and leave the guys to do their thing. Uh, so the the music's almost done, the sound mixing's about to happen, and then the rest is just all the visual effects till the end. So that's exactly where we're at. So uh, what's the next step for the film then? I mean, with uh, Tim and Dan, are you guys, uh, you know, are you guys happy to go all the way with the film? Should fans be expecting you two to rock up at the premieres and uh, Q and A screenings and stuff like that? For sure. Um, I think yeah. I think with Australian film and like we like I said to you earlier earlier in this podcast, um, the the fans uh, the fans that sort of that, that have supported myself and then obviously Timmy with his like t- Timmy's by the way Timmy's Dance Academy fans like have, mur- have murals of him like <laughs> yeah. they yeah. they they're crazy. They're crazy. they bring him presents they bring him food <laughs> they they bring him pictures of himself they superimpose their photos it's like on, on, on other bodies and like and, and proposed to him. Tim, Tim Pocock has fans, let me say that. Um, but I think, yeah, for sure, like we, this, this film doesn't work unless we get out there and talk about it. And, and, uh, and that's just Aussie film. Like we don't have $200 million to put Tim's face on every single bus stop yeah. in the world. Mm. So that's all right. I'll just get my parents to do it. <laughs> just, like, just, just put your head shut up. So we, we really, yeah. we can't wait. We can't wait for the premiere stuff. And, um, uh, and yeah, and as the year gets busier and busier, it just it, it does get harder with scheduling, but like, it would be remiss of us not, not to go to those sorts of things for sure. Mm-hmm. And Tim? Yeah. So, Luckily for us, we are. We do have a little bit of marketing up our sleeve, so we are. They're, they're look out for some billboards in the lead up to the release, and some buses, and some you know interesting little uh, new things that we're trying out for the first time for an Australian film that uh, might catch on later on. So we've got some cool stuff up our sleeve. Well, that's good to hear because that's, yeah, that's, that's what an you have to do. Yeah. Mm. it's an area that we, needs we some want, work. We want people to see it, you know. Mm, mm. Um, uh, so, all right, so I've got one last question. Uh, Luke, you might prefer to answer this, but uh, what is it? <laughs> I'm not going to say. <laughs> good, good answer. It is, it is a great, no, what is it? It is a great film that everyone should go and see and support Australian film. Boom! Oh, well, Dan wins today. Uh, that, that's what it is, but what is actually it? Like, I don't want to say, like, you know, I've shown too much in the trailers. Like everyone knows, it's a big, it's a big monster. So you know, 
Uh, have to but we should also it. tell people that, that that monster in the trailer, we need to stress, that is not going to be what you see in the real, in the real film. That's that's a temp like this is the the modern day trick that um, that geniuses like uh, like Luke and um, and JJ pull on people. It's like like effects they're effects made for trailers. So the people who go out and see the film um, get little something extra. So the, the creature in the in the in the trailer is not the creature you will see on uh, on the big screen. So mm, I don't know how to take that. Yeah, so it's like, well, I think it's just the modern day thing. I mean, it's, it's really hard to it, it, look. We, we can't do the the thing that I would have loved to do, like Predator, and you don't get to see anything in any of the in in the lead up and whatever. But obviously, you know, um, you, you you lose a whole bunch of um, fan base that just love monster flicks, which is fine. But I, I think there's going to be. I, I've seen like even just from the stuff I've seen the. The, the thing you see on screens is just, it's amazing, and it just does not look like an Australian film. Wow. So That's it, exciting. It, it absolutely, absolutely think, trumps the trailer. Yeah. I, I think what they're saying, like I said, the visual effects we worked on to the end, so that the, those visual effects in the trailer are like the early model, which I still think looks great. Mm. But uh, um, the actual the, act, the actual it, when you see it, when I sit when I've been sitting up at, at, at the post lounge and watching like the stills come in and, and the movements in the in the cave, like it, it it looks phenomenal. Like I was blown away when I first saw the final final thing. It it, it looks like Jurassic Park. You know? wow. it, it, it looks really good. Fantastic. Well, uh, uh, I thank you very much for your time, the three of you. I know that you're all busy, uh, so thanks for taking the time to speak with us. That's okay. No, oh, I'll I'll thank you so much. Thank you. All right, fellas, have a good day and uh, take it easy. All right. You too, guys. Thank you, Cinema Australia. Yeah, gents. No worries. Thank you. Bye.